0: Tonight is called All, it is part four of Real Love, and we're going to start by reading our theme verse for this series, it's found in Mark chapter 12, 29 and 30. Would you please read this aloud with me? Jesus answered, the foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. There, second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And we have looked at this for the last four weeks now and have embraced this declaration uh, that came from Jesus in response to the question, what's the greatest, what's the foremost, what's, what's the number one commandment from God? What, if God was going to uh, put in first priority what he asks of us, what he requires of us, what he wants from us, how he wants us to live, how he wants us to obey him, how he wants us to align with his purposes, his plan, his, uh, his design for our lives. This was Jesus' answer, that we are to love him with all that is within us and to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the greatest. This is the foremost. There is There is no other... Uh, instruction. there is no other command, there is no other uh, uh, expression that God would want that would be more important than this. Because a lot, the world um, really perverts, really con- uh, construes, it uh, misrepresents what love is. And we use the term love for so many things uh, that is so far less than the purity and the power of who God is. And uh, what we really ultimately have discovered is that love is God. And God is love. And for us to allow Him to be Himself, to have His way, for Him to express His very nature through our lives, it's not, is not something that we work at. It's not something that is our effort. It's not our best effort to try to love or try to uh, you know, have a conjured up feeling that we don't honestly have. But really the real revelation is I need to allow God, who has placed his spirit within me, to express his nature, his character, his power, his objectives, his um, very essence, to express it through me. And when I allow God, to God himself through my life, then I'm allowing him to love. And I'm actually beginning to love uh, with with the love of God, with the spirit of God. And for me to hold that back, for me to receive the the very spirit of God, the very nature of God in my life, and for me not to then express that to others, it it causes me to die. It causes me to stifle. It causes me to cut off the very life flow of God. And for me to love is for me to be in obedience, for me to be in unity, for me to be in the very uh, uh, perfect expression of what my life was designed to do and be. And... um, so this is what we've been talking about. It's been a it's been a fun journey. Tonight we're going to uh, start with a passage of scripture that I have intentionally avoided uh, when it comes to the subject of love. Uh, not because I didn't want us to talk about. It. I intended for us to talk about this this passage of scripture all along. But it's the one that is most so commonly used with love. I didn't want us to start with something that you've heard over and over again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love, love. You know, First Corinthians thirteen, right? You know, <laughs> and 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 and. And that I was intentional for us to to kind of step away from, from hearing it the way we've always heard it. And tonight I want you to open your ears to now look at what this revelation of what love is, or how love is seen, how love is experienced, how the characteristics of love, with through the eyes that we have, from what we have learned these last three weeks, that it is really God, and who he is, and the nature of who he is, and the nature of himself, Manifesting himself through our personalities, through our nature, through our character, through our lives, okay? And so let's no longer think of love as some sort of force or entity or feeling or some sort of thing that's out there somewhere that somehow we gotta, you know, get a little bit of and, and, and hold on to it. But it really is the fullness of all that God has given of himself to us. And, and when we look now at, the, at the, the power, the majesty, the quality of love. And what love is and what love is not. Um, then, then we can actually be able to recognize when God is showing up, when I'm allowing God to show up through me. When I'm, uh, what we talked about last week, get myself out of the way. And let Jesus be the way. And let him reveal himself. So let's go to this very familiar passage about love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 2. Paul said this. If I have the gift of prophecy. And know all mysteries. And all knowledge. And if I have all faith. As to remove mountains. But do not have love. I am nothing. And if I give all of my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act Unbecomingly, it does not seek its own. It is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never fails. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now we can come back to this and look at it now through the eyes of what we've talked about in our understanding that love is God. It's the presence of God. It's the power of God. And, and we no longer have to look at this, this list of the things that, God, that love is and love isn't and, and try to uh, force myself to be better or to uh, accomplish these things. or to Because we know that in our own flesh, in our own nature, in our own limited humanity, we're not always patient we're not always kind, right? Sometimes we are jealous, and sometimes we do take account when uh, something goes wrong and we have suffered something at the hand of someone else. So, obviously, this is not some sort of, this, this is not a New Testament reinstatement of some undoable law that God has put this, this commandment over us and said, okay, I gave you the Ten Commandments, and all of mankind, all they ever did was mess it up. And you guys just couldn't fulfill it. So I came, and Jesus died on the sin to forgive your sins, but now I've given you a whole new set of commandments, and these are even harder than the first ones. (laughs) Just to see you mess up on these ones. This is not the heart of the Father at all. And if we've come to understand anything, it's, it's not me. I receive who He is, and then I live the rest of my life, allowing him to live his life through me. The Bible says it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I have received his name, but it's not just a name like an identity, like, like these name badges that we wear, and you know, you know Christ. <laughs> no, his name is who he is. His name is his nature. His name is his character. And when I've received him, I receive his nature. I receive, his, I, I receive a brand new identity. We talked about this in the last time we said. We, we have a whole new life. We have a whole new nature. We have a whole new character. We have a whole new beginning in him. And, and what Jesus is saying, the purest, most excellent revealing of who God is, who that nature is, is identified is recognized and is received as love, and so, like I said, Paul just kind of uh, uh, began with this with this contrast. You know, I could I could I could de- declare things that are mysteries from God on high. I could, I declare mysteries of heaven. I could I could be able to say things that are perfectly uh, descripting what's going to happen in the future what God's going to do and I, I could have all knowledge I could be the most brilliant man that ever walked the earth and I could understand all of science and all of math and, and all of philosophy and, and I can understand all of uh, psychology and, and I could be just absolutely a wealth of knowledge a wealth of understanding of all kinds of mysteries I could answer any question anybody I'd be, I'd make Dr. Laura look like an idiot but if I didn't have love, it's nothing, nothing. Now why would Paul write this? Why would he he make this contrast? Because he wants to make it clear for us to understand so many of the things that we get enamored with, so many of the things that we chase after, so many of the ways that we end up criticizing ourselves because we think that we're not, we don't, we can't, we, we, you know, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I, I, I can't explain things. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, and we actually kind of put ourselves in this condition of thinking that um, we're less than what God wants for us. We're less than what we want for ourselves. Because we don't have these abilities or we don't have these understandings. But but Paul's put it in contrast. Listen, you can have all of that, but if you don't have love, it's empty. It, It really has no value. All the knowledge of all the earth has no value without the power, the presence, the nature, the spirit of who God is. Without Jesus knowing everything, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. But those of us who do have the Spirit of God, who do have the Spirit of Jesus, who is allowing the life of God to flow through us, he's saying it's the greatest possible expression. It's, it's, it's greater than knowing things. It's greater than making any kind of sacrifice. It's, it's greater than all of the, uh, uh, the generosity of all of the giving, of all the money raised for every good cause that has ever happened. is nice. It's humane. It's wonderful. And he's certainly not suggesting that those things not take place. But if they're done just because that makes the person look good or feel better about themselves, but not done as an extension of the very Spirit of God, it doesn't really account for anything. So, we put it out of the negative and put it into the positive. Lord, I I do want to understand mysteries. I I do want you to reveal things to me that would not necessarily be known any other way but by by the revelation of your Holy Spirit. I do want to understand what what things are happening. I do want to be able to perceive what you're doing and and be able to to, uh, get in line with what you're doing. But far more than any of that, what I want to come out of my life, what I want to come out of my mouth, what I want to come out of my actions, I want my generosity to be based on love. You giving yourself to that person. You imparting your gift, your generosity, your provision, your care. I I want anything that comes out of my life that wants to explain anything, I want it to come through the spirit of your nature, your love. I want love. Not me trying to do love or become love, but me allowing you to be yourself through me, to be the foremost, the most important part about me. So we've we have said before um, the fruit of the spirit, the byproduct of the spirit, the the seed of the Holy Spirit that causes the life of God to go on and on. And we talked about what those are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are what the Bible describes as the fruit of the Spirit. Well, here you get a list that is uh, is not described as the fruit of the Spirit, but but it... it is expressing the same kind of communication. Just as the Spirit is love, and the Spirit is joy, and the Spirit is patient, and the Spirit is kind, and we say that God is love, Then we're saying, you could could do it the same way. You could say, God is patient, and God is kind, right? God God does not act unbecomingly. God is not arrogant. God God does not seek his, His own, He's not easily provoked. We're saying that the very nature of God revealed through what we're, what we're calling love. When we allow Him to show up in our lives and we allow Him to have His effect on our heart, then because God is holy and God is patient and God is kind, when I allow Him to have His nature in me, then the, the byproduct of my personality the byproduct of my character, the byproduct of the way that I conduct my life, I'm going to start seeing these evidences come into my life. That to the degree that I'm letting God have his way in me and through me, I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be kind. I'm, I'm going to uh, not be trying to always make myself look good. I'm not going to be always so touchy and so uh, reactionary, so angry, so, so uh, uh, offended when something doesn't go my way. In fact I'm going to rejoice when I see truth when I see right things happen and God's presence within me will give me this capacity to endure to bear to hope but what's what's this one of the greatest things is what it says right here love never fails Again, my love, if I try to, you know, Jeff love, Jeff, you know, work it up, Jeff emotion, it's going to fail you. But God will never fail you. He will always be who He is, faithful. You can bank on Him. Now, He may not always bring about in your life what you think you want. He may not always answer the prayer the way that you prayed it, he may not always bring uh, flowers and roses and chocolates and pillows. <laughs> and yet, that's 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 how we that's how we describe love, isn't it? You know, it's always flowers and candy and pillows and stuffed animals, and it's love. <laughs> Now, don't get all distracted on me on this one. (laughs) See, God is going to, listen, God's going to be with you in the dark, in the terrible, in the painful, in the rejection, in the sorrow, in the loneliness, in the poverty, in the challenges. He will never fail you. He will always be with you. And Jesus made it clear, in this life, we will have tribulation. We will have persecution. We will have trials. And God did not promise, and it is really not His intent, for you to live a life completely free from conflict. Because His promises are to those who overcome. If you read those first three chapters of the revelation of Jesus Christ... Time after time after time he says to those who overcome. And he gives some wonderful promise about the eternal blessings of his life within us. He knows the rough things, the dark things, the painful things. He experienced it himself when he was here. The Bible clearly says he was a man acquainted with sorrows. Stricken, smitten rejected but God was in him and God was with him and God loved him and God loves you and he will never fail you and he will be with you in the midst of you through the good and the bad through the happy and the sad and it's not about a worry free, trouble free problem free conflict-free experience. It's in the midst of everything that I face. Lord, let your nature, your character, your kindness, your mercy, your truth, your faithfulness, your wisdom, your peace, your patience, your justice, your truth, your life, your nature that never fails that's greater than any sacrifice, greater than any knowledge. It's greater than faith. It's greater than hope. And those things are forever. May the very essence of who you are, which is everlasting, unconditional, never failing love, may that be what's foremost in me. And may that be the very testimony of the very number one thing that people experience when they experience you through my life. May they not learn of the God of my opinion. May they not learn of the God of my religion. May they not learn the God of my judgment or my criticism or my... my, May they know the God who loves, who is love. Because that is the greatest that is the foremost and it is really everything it's the whole it's it's the whole fullness of who God is let's look at more scriptures that confirm this 1st Corinthians 16:14 says this let all that you do be done in love again you could know, hold that up and you say that is just Lord, that is just a standard. that is a commandment. that's just that's too much, you're asking too much now. I, I can I can uh, maybe Lord, I can do 10% stuff with love. <laughs> and a good day maybe 25. But again it's not it's not it's not you, it's letting him live his life through you. So, how do I do everything? I brush my teeth with love. I drive my car with love. I go to work with love. I talk to my friends, and my neighbors, and my relatives. In love not flowers and roses and heart-shaped pillows but this faithful ever-enduring never-failing presence abiding presence of the almighty living god who has given his life for me and has placed his spirit within this vessel and i am a temple i am a uh, an edifice i am an expression. I live because he lives within me and his life is love. And so I want you to see that not so much as a command with God sticking his finger in your face you better do everything with love, but turn around and say, wow, everything that I do, the very fact that I can breathe, the very fact that I can think the very fact that I can speak, the very fact that I have any strength within me to actually do anything, it's because God. It's because God. Listen, you wouldn't be here if there wasn't God. You wouldn't be alive if there wasn't God. He is the source of our life. He is the source of our ability to think, to speak, to act, to do. And so when, he, when Jesus says, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, again, this isn't, I'm, okay, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give it to my all. And he says, do everything, all, let all that you do be done in love. Okay, I'm going to try to drive more lovingly. <laughs> No, you know what? The very fact that I have the ability to drive a car. It's because God has so loved me. He has given me life. And everything I do is done in the power and the praise. And so that when I start thinking that way, it comes right back, "Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything." Thank you for the breath that I breathe. Thank you for my heart beating. Thank you for the, my ability to, to think. Thank you that I can live and move and breathe and talk and exist because you so love me. And it's all that I am. It's all done. It all is because of your love. Do you hear that? Do you see it? It's not, a, it's not, It's a, it's a command, but it's, It's like God saying, let there be light. And there was light. It's a command. It's a commandment. And we receive it. We respond to it. We become it. We live it. We obey it. In the natural response to receiving who He is. What He's saying to you is, be love. Be me. Receive my life. Receive my spirit. Receive who I am in you. And live that. And don't be anything else. Don't see yourself as anything else. Don't ever see yourself without my love. Because my love is always with you. Don't see it, your love as failing because my love never fails. Don't see yourself, well, I, just, I can't do this. That's right, you can't but God can. Nothing's impossible in him. And so the things that we come up against and we just don't know what and we don't know how and we don't know why we say Father have your way. And if nothing else just love through me. Just love through me. And if I know that I am focusing, I'm accepting, I'm receiving, I'm I am projecting, I am doing, I am living in his love, then I I know that I am reaching the highest level of standard of what he wants from me. And there's no way I can fail. There's no way I can let him down or myself down if I am making love my highest objective, my highest priority. Does that make sense? You guys with me in this? Okay, let's keep going. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this. And I'll just kind of set this up for you. Paul was was talking about his his journey as being an ambassador of Christ, of being a minister of the gospel. And he was talking about uh, that the fact that he was dedicating his life to sharing the truth of God's word to people, people did not always receive it with open arms and joyful hearts. In fact, there was time after time after time where Paul would come into a city and he would start explaining the love of God, the word of God, the truth of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection and his free gift of salvation to all who would receive it. And people would argue with him. People would stone him. People would arrest him. People would beat him. Because they they were so violently opposed to having their lives changed by what, what, what the gospel was bringing to them. And so Paul was, Paul was saying, listen, I have given my life because, because of all that Jesus is to me and He's talking to me and it hasn't, it hasn't been easy. I have suffered all kinds of things but I wouldn't do anything else with my life. Then I am just, I'm, I, I, I'm compelled. I, I, I couldn't do anything else but proclaim who Jesus is. And so he, he just, he gave in this, in this chapter this kind of this list of all these things that he'd gone through. But he says, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer. It's that overcoming that I said earlier. It, there's, there's a spirit that, no matter what opposition we face, in God, he always has a power, his power, to cause us to overcome. He says, in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's saying, listen, nothing outside of you, nothing inside of you, nothing you will ever face, nothing you ever will face, nothing that anything could ever be made nowhere that you could ever go, nothing could remove the presence of God's love within you, God's spirit within you, because it's in Christ Jesus, and Jesus lives within us by His Holy Spirit. We are in Him, and He is in us, and you are never, ever, no matter what you go through. Now, now you may face all those things. You may face death and life and and you know, demonic forces against you and you heights and depths and, and all kinds of stuff. We you know, the life journey could take us all kinds of places. But no matter where we go, his love, his life is always in the midst of us. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 says this: that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you May be filled up To all the fullness Of God Could you circle that That last little phrase That I bolded there for you What Paul is saying here That inside of you There is a strength It's rich It's glorious It's your inner man It's the real you. It's the eternal you. Because Christ dwells in your heart. And that because we have put our faith, our belief in his name, we have put our faith in what he has done for us. He has placed himself within us. And it has caused for us to be planted in the very life of God, rooted and grounded. There's there's an establishment and, and, you know, you think of a tree and the roots that go into the ground. What, what do the roots do for a tree? What are some of the things that roots do for a tree? Okay. I heard feeding, right? Nourishment comes from, they, they draw nourishment from the soil. Okay. Minerals from the soil. What else, what else do they draw? Stability, Stability right? If, if a tree is tall... It's gonna have roots that go down deep and, and some, some trees have you know actually shallow roots but but what they do is they connect with roots of other trees and sometimes those trees you know they interlock with each other and so no matter what happens on the above the surface, below the surface, they're anchored in and that gives them stability. They also draw water, right? Water comes through the roots. And that and and again, these are these are images of our of our feeding our nurturing, our sustenance coming from the Spirit of God, from the life of God. He gives us our our nourishment, our stability. He gives us our identity. He gives us our connectiveness. He fills us with His Spirit, His living water. And He's saying, you are rooted, you're grounded in love. It is the source of your life. It is the source of your identity. It is the source of your stability. It is the source of the very nature of who you are. And it is that which connects you to one another is love. And because Jesus lives in our hearts and we're grounded in who He is, His prayer is is that more and more as we live day after day after day, that we would have this increasing comprehension, perception, understanding of just how awesome, how pervasive, how everywhere, all the time, everything is the love of God. Now, when it says that we would we, with all the saints, we'd understand the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. It, it's like, it's like he's, he's trying to put dimension, you know, as, as far as you can imagine in any direction, love is there. And he is, is like he's wanting to. And he, and when he uses the word comprehension, he says, "Expand your mind, expand your thinking." I mean, we we have no idea how far space is. I mean, you know scientists spend generations trying to measure map space, and every time they every time they send another satellite out there, they discover, "Wow, it's so much bigger than we even thought it was." And we know that his love is far far vaster than the universe. Then universes of universe. As far as you can imagine, the extension of everything that has ever been created and even the microcosmic inner space of tiny inner quarks of atoms and stuff that they haven't even discovered yet. They were trying to discover all the the particles of the universe in the tiniest molecular measurements. As far small as you can get, as far big as you can get, expand your mind. You can... You just... You can never get to the end of love. Well, then, let's just put that down. My my life experience doesn't go to the far reaches of the universe, but everywhere I go, and in every encounter, and in every circumstance, in every situation, in every relationship, the prayer is, may I see love, God's love, God's presence. May I see Him showing up in everything that I do, in every way. He's in the middle of every conversation. He's in the middle of every thought. He's in the middle of every need. He's in the middle of every circumstance. God is there, always loving you, never failing. And then it makes this, this an unbelievable statement that I ask you to circle, that we would know the love of Christ which surpasses Knowledge. So, even as much as we're every day getting a little bit of a glimpse, a little bit of an understanding, we, we, we recognize it a little bit more, it's even beyond our knowledge. His love is greater than our knowledge. But even to that which we cannot comprehend, even that beyond what we can know with our own minds, He has filled us up with all the fullness of God. Say that with me. The fullness of God. Have you ever tried to comprehend what the fullness of God is? <laughs> you get a brain cramp just trying to think about the fullness of God. But when I'm filled up with Christ, when I'm filled up with His Spirit, when I'm filled up with love, I'm filled with with the fullness of God. That means whenever I think I'm not or I don't or I can't or I don't have or it's not going to work out I don't need to look any further than that which he's placed right within me. And it's not me it's his life it's his spirit. Lord thank you for loving me so much that you put all that you are not on some far distant other side of some galaxy somewhere, but you've put it right inside of me. As near as my thought, as near as my breath, as near as the beat of my heart, you are right with me, in me. You have filled me with all that you are. You didn't give me just a taste, not just a portion, not just sort of a a little half-baked little representation of who you are. All that he is. All that he is. If you can't thank God for that, you can't thank God for anything. I mean, if if you're not thankful for that, I feel sorry for you. So let's thank God for that. Can we just do that for a moment? Lord, what we've talked about tonight is pretty heavy. You've asked us to recognize that your, your presence, your life, is greater than any knowledge, any sacrifice. That everything that we do, we should do in love. That nothing will ever be able to separate us from your love. And that you are actually wanting us to every day increase in our understanding, our comprehension, our knowledge of who you are, who love is in our midst. And that there is no lack, there is no missing, that you've given us all the fullness of who you are. And for that right now, Lord, we thank you. And we receive it and where we have resisted it, where we have hindered it, where we have held it back, where we, have, where we have rejected it, Lord, we just ask afresh tonight that you fill us up with the fullness of you. Because you are love. Amen. Okay, let's look at, uh, we actually have one last scripture on your outline and then one other scripture that's not on your outline that I want us to look at. Matthew 22. I just brought back to the conclusion of this, of this study Uh, where Jesus made this same statement in a different gospel. This is the gospel of Matthew. And uh, I just want us to, to see, again, this allness kind of jumping out at us. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with, say it with me, all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments de- depend the whole law and prophets. Jesus, Jesus didn't want to leave any, any question here. This is the all. This is the allness. This is the everything. This is, this is the completion. The fullness. The, the oneness of God is love. And the oneness of us with Him. The, 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 the full expression of who we are is to love Him and to love one another. And Jesus, we talked about last week, He even took this commandment that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, and He says, I give you a new commandment, that you don't just love your neighbor as yourself, but you love one another as what? As I have loved you. And, that, and that's really a wonderful, beautiful thing for Him to re- reveal to us, because it's, it's no longer my love to you is how I love me, but it's as how He has loved me. He has loved me with all that he is and it's his love in me and it's that very nature of him in me is that's what I extend to you. I love you as he has loved me. And I and I can't make that up myself. I can only do that because of what he has done for me. L- look at this uh, box here. This is not scripture, but this is something that was in my heart as a as a part of the conclusion of what we've been said here. We must love God for who he is. We must accept him for who he is. We are the ones who must change in His presence. He is first. He is the one above all, before all. All things exist out of Him. All glory and honor is His. Our being must submit in worship. Everything else must come second. Our hearts are His temple, His home. We must choose to exalt Him. Do you agree with that? Yes. Amen. Okay, last scripture and then we'll be done with this series. Uh, it's found in the book of Colossians, first chapter. We can turn to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. And uh, we'll close tonight with this. Beautiful expression of what we've been talking about. It's talking about Jesus. It says, He is the image of "...of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things." And in him, all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Jesus is the first, he's the firstborn of creation. He is the one through whom creation was made. He is, all things are made by Him and all things are for Him. And we are to love Him with our all. And when we're loving Him and receiving who He is and allowing Him to to have first place in everything, then everything flows out of Him, that everything will flow out of love and we will flow in all that He has called us to be in a complete fulfillment of His purpose for our lives. Would you pray with me? Yes. Lord Jesus, we worship you. The things that we can see, the things we can't see, the things we understand, the things that we don't, you are there. It's all from you. It's all for you. And Lord, may we allow ourselves to receive, believe, believe, to begin to perceive and comprehend all that you are, all that you've given, all that you're doing, the things that, that we would never anticipate and the things that we don't understand and the things that we don't like, the things that are hard, things that are painful. Lord, you know all of those things. And you are right in the midst of our lives, loving us through it all, never allowing us to be alone never allowing us to be separated. You've connected us with every other member of this church, every other member of the body of Christ. All those who live in you, you've made us one with you and with each other. And the love that flows through who you are is so powerful and so glorious. May we be caught up In the wonderfulness, in the gloriousness, in the powerfulness, in the healing, in the majesty, in the wisdom, in the peace of your love. And Lord, as we allow you to have your way in our lives, may the testimony of our lives be. We are love. So that you may be seen, that you may be known, that you may be revealed, that you may be experienced, that others may come into that which we have received and join us in that which will remain forever, that which is the greatest, that which is perfect, your love. We thank you for this word. We thank you for how it's transforming us And may it become the focus of our lives and all that we do for your name, for your glory. We pray in the name of the one we believe, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.